I definitely see space and opportunity for continued improvement. We hope that the Uzbek government will review these prisoner cases that we've discussed and release people who have been imprisoned for their religious activity. Hello and welcome to the USERF Spotlight podcast, a weekly podcast series by the United States Commission on International Religious Freedom, where we take a deep dive into religious freedom conditions around the world, breaking the situation down for you. Each week, we focus on a different country, region, or topic. Not only do we analyze and explain the religious freedom situation to our listeners, but we also make policy recommendations to the United States government in order to address the immense challenges we bring to light here. Now, here is the host of our show, USERF Director of Outreach and Policy, Dwight Bashir, to lead today's discussion. Welcome to USERF Spotlight. Today, we'll be discussing the situation in Uzbekistan, where USERF commissioners and staff traveled recently, which was the commission's first international delegation since the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic and more than two years ago. Uzbekistan is one of a handful of countries that has seen dramatic improvements for religious freedom in recent years. However, religious communities are still experiencing high levels of government regulation and repression that's continuing to impact their ability to exercise Uh, their freedom of religion and belief. In our annual report release in April, we recommended uh, that the State Department should add Uzbekistan to its special watch list for engaging in or tolerating severe violations of religious freedom. And the chapter on Uzbekistan details how religious freedom conditions in 2021 begin to trend negatively as the government departed from its forward-leaning religious freedom reform agenda and resumed the use of certain repressive policies. The State Department removed Uzbekistan from its special watch list in 2020, and from 2006 to 2017, it had been designated a country of particular concern for uh, systematic, ongoing, egregious violations. This past October in 2021, Yusuf released a standalone report on the estimated 2,200 individuals who remain imprisoned on extremism charges related to their peaceful religious affiliation and activities. The report included the profiles and case information of 81 Muslim prisoners. And although Uzbekistan's president has issued three separate pardons since the release of that report, it remains unclear whether any of those men were freed. Today, we'll discuss key takeaways from USERF's visit to the country, uh, recent developments since that trip, and other areas of possible reform. And we're joined today by USERF senior policy analyst, Keely Bakken, who was part of that USERF delegation to Uzbekistan. She covers Uzbekistan, Turkey, and Azerbaijan for the commission. Keely, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Dwight. Before we jump in and hear about your visit, Could you start off uh, by giving our audience an overview of USERF's latest findings on Uzbekistan published in this year's annual report? Sure. Uh, Thanks again for having me, Dwight. So what's different about this year's report is that for the first time in the five and a half years or so since President Shavkat Mirziyoyev came to power, USERF has found that religious freedom conditions began to trend negatively. I should say this is relative to the overall positive progress we've seen in recent years and shouldn't be interpreted as meaning that Uzbekistan has returned to the kind of conditions that it had before Mirziyoyev, but it's a concerning trend all the same. Like you mentioned, one of the biggest issues is still Uzbekistan's imprisonment of a staggering number of individuals related to their religious activities, like possessing religious literature or meeting to pray or discuss their beliefs with others. 
while the overwhelming majority of those individuals were imprisoned under the previous government, we're seeing this administration add to that number by detaining and arresting others for the exact same reasons. So the fact that this practice hasn't ended is still a serious concern. On top of that, last year, the government introduced new restrictions on its people's ability to pursue a religious education abroad. They recalled something like 1,500 students from religious schools in Egypt and Turkey and announced that moving forward, any students that are interested in studying religion abroad would have to get the government's permission first. There are also concerning cases of journalists and employees of media outlets who are fined for publishing articles with religious content without getting the government's approval. And then last year, the government finally adopted a revised religion law that was underwhelming in the scope of its changes. Although there were some improvements, the new law kept many of the most problematic and restrictive elements of the law and for most intents and purposes basically remained the same. Of course, um, our annual report uh, released in late April covers January of 2021 to December uh, of 2021, that the full calendar year. Um, and, and you had the opportunity to visit Uzbekistan uh, since then in April. Um, what, what were your key takeaways from uh, the meetings with government officials, religious communities, civil society groups? And how has your assessment of the situation on the ground changed, if at all? So we had a a very useful visit and got to meet with a a variety of interlocutors from the government, different government ministries, human rights activists, and a pretty diverse group of different religious communities in Tashkent and Bukhara. We also got to meet with former religious prisoners who, as you can probably imagine, are still enduring a lot of hardships despite having been released. Unfortunately, we haven't seen much positive progress since the passage of the updated religion law. During the revision process, the Uzbek government admirably asked for international input into that process, but then it ignored most of the recommendations that it received from those international partners. So now we have people saying that the government is experiencing reform fatigue. And again, this isn't to downplay the huge strides that the Uzbek government has made so far, but there's still a lot of ground to cover. And the last thing we want to see is for them to either run out of steam or or worse, backpedal on that progress. So for example, even even though the revised religion law simplified the, the mandatory registration process that's required for all religious groups, we're not actually seeing that happen in practice. Um, we've heard of no non-Muslim religious community that's managed to register within the last year, even though this should now be an easier registration process. And then on top of that, many of the religious communities that we've spoken to have told us that their applications have been, in their own opinions, intentionally held up at the local level. So it's being prevented from going up to the Ministry of Justice or the Committee on Religious Affairs, and it's being held up either with the Hakimiyats or they're being blocked by the Mahala, which is a neighborhood level organization whose role in the process was technically removed, but clearly still is continuing to play some kind of role behind the scenes. As I mentioned earlier, we're still seeing disturbing levels of repression against Muslims. While we're in Uzbekistan, we raised the case, which is a rather recent case, of Fazl Hajayev, a Muslim blogger who received a seven and a half year prison sentence for resharing a Facebook post about Muslims congratulating non-Muslims on their religious holidays. So the court decided that this Facebook post contained expressions of extremism and that it deserved seven and a half years in prison, which is shocking. 
And then this visit was also different for another, again, disappointing reason. Um, so like I said earlier, we always meet with civil society and religious groups when we travel. But this is the first time that we heard from many of our interlocutors that they were being intimidated. They were receiving calls. They were being told that it was known that they planned to meet with Yusuf and told that they shouldn't go forward with the meeting. This wasn't the only thing that was going on. There were also attempts to pressure people's families to have them back out of the meeting, among other things. And while this wasn't the case throughout, we did have people cancel for fear of retaliation for meeting with us. And across the board, people believe that this is coming from the security services. You know, it's really unfortunate and and surprising to hear that you've experienced that level of government interference in your meetings during the visit, uh, especially since Uzbekistan has made such positive progress in recent years uh, and and through holding a number of public events and speaking into this issue. Uh, Progress, which has been recognized by the international community in many cases, and and most notably the State Department, um, you know, uh, which removed Uzbekistan, as I mentioned earlier, from its CPC and special watch list in, in recent years. How do you square this kind of response uh, to your to your meetings in the country and some of the uh, uh, intimidation with Uzbekistan's overall trajectory looking forward? Yeah, I mean, it's surprising and disappointing. I've traveled to Uzbekistan three times now for USERF and haven't had something of this scale happen before. So to get directly to your question, this trip did not radically change our assessment of the situation on the ground in Uzbekistan. If anything, it, I think, confirmed a lot of what we already knew and had already been hearing for a while. But the fact that our visit produced this level of attention and and this kind of response is troubling, to say the least. And, you know, for me, it really begs the question why the government doesn't want an honest and accurate assessment of religious freedom conditions in the country. I'd say it's, it's difficult to forecast how the government will move forward on these issues. Throughout our visit, the government emphasized with us that they remain committed to providing religious freedom and that the reforms that they've made so far are irreversible. Um, but even, you know, just very recently, the government hosted a, a very publicized event on religious freedom and publicly restated many of those commitments. Of course, that's that's positive, but we're looking and hoping for more follow through. You know, it, you mentioned this recent event uh, and it got a lot of you know attention for those that are uh, following closely on religious freedom um, for the for the group that was there. And, and again, uh, it looked like the government's, uh, you know, signing up or or confirming, um, you know, commitments, um, you know, that that it has made previously, maybe to the UN Special Rapporteur or others in the international community. Uh, did this new um, declaration include or signal um, concrete or new commitments to improve religious freedom, or introduce any any additional reforms that you're aware of? Yeah, so this event brought together Uzbek government officials and a, a variety of different international representatives to, to dialogue and adopt a set of principles mostly related to religious tolerance. It's, it's great to have this forum and platform to have these kinds of important discussions with Uzbek officials and, and really bring this issue back to center stage. And it's also been positive to see officials recommit to protecting and promoting religious freedom. but. That also does need to be translated into action. And although we're seeing this public recommitment to guarantee FORB, that's not reflective of the reality in Uzbekistan, since the government still obstructs the full exercise of this right 
through you know, legislation, regulations, and, and its other policies. At the same time, we're also seeing this event being held up as a kind of stamp of approval on Uzbekistan's religious freedom record. I saw one official uh, say basically in exactly those terms that this event and the international participation that it's drawn was proof of Uzbekistan's success in ensuring religious freedom. And that's just not yet the case. I mean, certainly it would have been a great opportunity for the government to introduce additional concrete improvements alongside this event, but we haven't seen that happen. Have you tracked any other trends, uh, whether positive or negative? I mean, obviously, this recent event would be a positive, you know, recommitment to tolerance and so on. Uh, you know, since you've come back from the visit and since the release of our report, what space do you see or hope to see for continued reform going forward? And can you share some of uh, our uh, latest uh, policy recommendations that we've made that we think would advance religious freedom? Yeah, so on recent trends, that's a bit of a mixed bag. Um, on the one hand, within a week of us coming back to the U.S., USERF participated in a public discussion with Uzbekistan's ambassador to the U.S., Javlan Bahabov, and we had a frank and useful conversation about many of the same issues that we raised while we are in Tashkent. The ambassador specifically addressed USERF's special report on religious prisoners in Uzbekistan, and while he didn't agree with the findings of our report, I still can't stress enough the importance of having the ambassador and the embassy's continued engagement on these kinds of issues. And I was particularly encouraged to hear the ambassador share that several individuals profiled in that report had been released. So we're looking forward to hopefully being able to, to confirm that information soon. On the other hand, uh, earlier in May, there was yet another forced beard shaving incident. Um, an unclear number of men were taken to police stations and apparently given the choice of either having their beards shaved off or spending 15 days under arrest. This is something that has happened on and off in Uzbekistan for the last couple of years, and we still haven't heard a satisfactory explanation from the Uzbek government as to why this continues to happen. We are pleased to see, though, that the U.S. ambassador in Uzbekistan spoke out on this incident specifically, on the forced beard shaving incident, and also raised other issues like the continued arrest of people for so-called extremist literature and the, the stalled registration pro process that I mentioned earlier. Going forward, I definitely see space and opportunity for continued improvement. Um, and like I said, we hope that the Uzbek government will review these prisoner cases that we've discussed and release people who have been imprisoned for their religious activity. In my opinion, there's also some low hanging fruit. We spoke with a couple of communities struggling with their places of worship. The local Shia community, for example, in Bukhara have been trying to reopen one of their closed mosques for the last couple of years and have been blocked. And then there's also a Baptist church and a Buddhist temple that have had issues with the government and you know, could really use its engagement and support in resolving those. On USERF's policy recommendations, of course, the big one is for the State Department to re-include Uzbekistan on a special watch list. We also recommended the U.S. government continue to engage with Uzbekistan on legislative reform. I mean, it seems like that ship may have sailed a bit with the passage of the religion law, but there's a new opportunity now to have conversations with Uzbekistan about its criminal code and you know, specifically about decriminalizing certain articles that... Uh, punish the peace, peaceful religious activities. 
And then we're also recommending that USAID provide legal aid to individuals prosecuted related to their religious activity and are continuing to urge the U.S. government to advocate for the release of all religious prisoners of conscience. Well, certainly a mixed bag, but a lot of glimmers of hope, as you've as you've highlighted here. Um, and it's always a good thing, as we've seen at USERF, when a government is actively willing to engage, whether in Washington or, or in their own country on these issues and have the dialogue and discussions, even if they're sometimes difficult. So we, we certainly look forward to, to, to more movement and continued engagement. But we'll have to leave it right here. I want to thank uh, Keely Bakken, uh, USERF senior policy analyst uh, covering Uzbekistan and other countries uh, in the region uh, for discussing our, uh, her, uh, the recent visit user visit to Uzbekistan and findings uh, from our recent annual report. You can find our latest chapter on Uzbekistan and uh, latest policy recommendations on our website. As always, thanks for tuning in today and we'll see you next time on USERF Spotlight. To learn more about USERF and about global religious freedom concerns, visit usurf.gov. That's U-S-C-I-R-F dot gov. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at USCIRF. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week for another USERF Spotlight.